Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, hello. It's Shira and Ryan coming to you from the Channel Q studios in Los Angeles, California. How you doing? What was that? <laughs> I mean, prove to someone that you probably had six shots of espresso. I have no idea what you're and talking about. And now you're just like rolling <laughs> off of all of this energy. What did that even, where did that even come from? I'm just saying, that's how I feel. You know, we were at Michaela Gordon's uh, release party for her album, Vivian, last night. We want to cr- congratulate our morning show host, Michaela Gordon. Yes, we really do. She looks fabulous. And um, I'm so proud of her. This. Vivian, her new album is going to be an incredible work of art that drops. And the video is just so wonderful to see. And, you know, she's really grown as an artist. And I think she's putting everything she has into her music, which is so, so important. And um, it's nice to see the glow up. Yes. the an homage to her grandmother, who's no longer here as well. Yes. So, yes. beautiful stuff. Go check it out if you haven't already. Go support her work and her music. And hopefully she'll be on the show also to talk more about the album very soon. Yeah. But speaking of music, we have your way in to win Diana Ross tickets. Yes, we do. And I don't have the paper in front of me, so you can find out. Uh, just head over to WeAreChannelQ.com because you'll be able to win some tickets. Airfare for two. It's Diana Ross in Las Vegas. Literally, go check it out. You'll find out. We'll be uh, talking about it at the top of every hour yep. on the hours. So, honey, stick around for that. Well, coming up on the show, 4.20 p.m. Pacific, 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Could rents be going down? We've got the answers later on the show. Plus, Democrats are weighing in on the upcoming same-sex marriage vote. More on that in 30 minutes. First of all, we have Malcolm Kenyatta. That too. State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta joining us. Um, he is a huge queer uh, politician and the work that he does is just so incredible. And so, first and foremost, we have a really big show today. Yes. Let's be quite honest. That is true. That's coming up in like 10 minutes. Yeah, that's first up after these headlines. Literally. Let's get into some of those What's Trending This Hour headlines right now. A U.S. federal appeals court unanimously upheld Washington state's ban on conversion therapy for children, rejecting a therapist's claim that it undermined his free speech and targeted him because he's a Christian. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals said Washington's legislator acted rationally and did not violate the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment by imposing the ban to protect the, quote, physical and psychological well-being of children. 
Now, AB 257, California's Fast Recovery Act, has already been approved by both houses of the California state legislature and on Labor Day was signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom. The hope is to address that issue of worker exploitation through some groundbreaking new legislation. It would establish a council of fast food employees, worker advocates, franchiser, franchisees, and public officials that would set wages and workplace standards for the industry and protect workers from retaliation. Here is Newsom. Same time, we've got work to do. At the same time, we recognize there are sectors of our economy where we're falling a bit short. And one of those areas is fast food workers. And I want to thank Assemblymember Holden in particular for AB 257 and all of his hard work, a bill that empowers our workers, particularly in that sector, giving them more voice, giving them more choice, creating a new council. And I'm proud on Labor Day to sign that bill and to shrine it in law. Right. Good job. Finally, Steve Bannon, you know, the former advisor to former President Donald Trump, is expected to surrender to prosecutors in New York tomorrow. The details of the charges are unclear. However, sources confirmed to ABC News that the charges brought by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office stem from the federal prosecution of Bannon over... We Build the Wall, that was an online fundraising campaign for a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. Okay, some drama this week, more drama. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Yo, Hunter Schaefer, um, the Euphoria starlet, um, she basically got in some trouble last month. It's time for the T-Report because she's speaking out about it. Yes, let's get into these pop culture stories that are trending right now. So Hunter Schaefer, like I just said, she, um, you know, commented last month or she well, she liked a post blaming the non-binary community for conservative legislation that deems hormone replacement therapy and gender affirming surgery not medically necessary in Florida. Well, after all the backlash she, she kind of got about that. She's now shutting down speculations that she did not uh, that she does not support non-binary people. Um, after coming under fire for liking this, like, Instagram. She says, I hold absolutely no hatred towards non-binary folks. Um, She says, I agree with another T-Girls post in which she pointed out an imbalance in the visibility and space taken up between non-binary folks and binary trans women, particularly those of color and or those who have resulted to sex work as a mean of survival that I think deserves attention and reevaluation as far as resources and platforms go within the LGBTQ plus community. She did double down, assuring fans that she is not a trans metal, um, medalist, medalist, I guess, meaning she does not agree with the idea that being transgender or transsexual is contingent upon experiencing gender dysphoria or requiring medical treatment to transition. And that's according to like a definition of what that word means. She says, my ideology around transness does not align with trans medalism, nor a a disdain towards NB identifying Hmm. people. I've heard this conversation. It's a very nuanced conversation. Um, And so I'm happy she clarified. I think that's all we can really do. And um, yeah, that's your team report. We got more coming up next hour. So stick around for that. Um, because I believe coming up in the T-Reports this today, we got a lot. It's really, really great. So stick around for that and more. 
Okay, and after this, so excited to have Pennsylvania State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta joining us, who also happens to be the chairperson of the new Agenda Pack, who are committed to fighting against anti-LGBTQ plus candidates. More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, what do you do when so many anti-LGBTQ candidates are popping up everywhere around the country? Run and hide. I mean, that. Or move. Right. <laughs> Leave the country. <laughs> well, another solution is fight them back Hell yeah. via a super pack, And that's exactly the focus of the new Agenda Pack. And joining us right now, it's an honor to have Pennsylvania State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta joining us, who's also a chairperson for Agenda Pack. Thanks for being here. I'm, I'm so excited to be with you both. I know. Well, we were excited when we saw this pop up. We're like, oh, my God, we need to have <laughs> someone on from this because this is so needed right now. Tell us how this all came together. You know, it, this was really, um, in some ways, uh, the, you know, the byproduct of, of Clarence Thomas's, uh, you know, Dobbs opinion. When you saw that concurrent opinion, not only is that, you know, that initial, you know, shock and anger that came from overturning the right um, for women and trans men to choose what to do with their own bodies. Um, and we had never been in position of having the court take away rights that people had previously enjoyed. Um, and you saw Clarence Thomas just put out his hit list of all the other rights that he wanted to go after next, including contraception, including same-sex marriage, um, including the ability for consenting adults to have intimate relations with one another. And, you know, myself and other folks who were involved um, on, the, on the board and our executive director, Ted Bordelon, we were all like, what the hell are we going to do? Um, because not only do we see this crazy court opinion, but there are all these bigots, frankly, that are running for office, that are trafficking in hate, and you see it becoming more and more commonplace that trans kids and that um, so many members of our communities are being used as political footballs. And you said, you know what? We're going to fight back. Yeah, and I, I think that's so important because even with the latest news around a Texas judge saying that an HIV mandate is violating religious freedom, what do you say to this type of news? Because this is literally, it feels like an example of the work that Agenda Pack would fight against. You know, I'm so sick. I'm so sick of people using religion to try to justify being an asshole. Just accept that you're an asshole. I don't understand what religious exemption you would have for helping people prevent a chronic disease and also helping people who have been infected, who are not only LGBTQ folks, by the way, helping them get the care that they need to survive and exist. You know, I just was tweeting about this, you know, at the age 14, I was ordained as a minister in my, in my church, my Pentecostal church. I, you know, applied to seminary, thought that I was going to be a pastor. Okay. My life took a different a different turn, but I do not know as somebody who has been not only a, stu- a student of, 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 you know, of my religious tradition as a Christian, but as somebody who's also studied the Abrahamic faiths, I do not understand how this twisted version of Christianity um, is so often used to justify what is clearly hatred against 
a you know a small marginalized group in this country and you see it from so many elected officials ron johnson for example today in a tough senate race against mandela barnes in wisconsin just said that he's going to vote against the freedom to marry act even though 70 plus percent of wisconsinites actually support the freedom to marry you see folks like ken calvert um candidates who are running in ohio's first district maryland's first district who are saying that they do not support these basic rights and protections, even though a majority of their constituents do. And so if these people are so desperate to get out of their job and mm-hmm. to move on to the next thing, Agenda Pack is here to help them. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you are a bigot running for office anywhere in this country, we see you and we are going to beat you. Yes. I mean, yes, Queen, to you. And also, I think you're the first politician to come on their air and use the a-hole word. So thank you. <laughs> no, but I think you're we need well, you know, so many of them are. We're here for it. No, we're here for it. I usually use the D-bag word, so I'm happy you elevated it. Um, so with all of that, I mean, there there are unfortunately so many names out there. How do you plan to follow through with this commitment and actually target these folks? So part of what we're doing is, 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 is starting, you know, really, you know, we have big eyes, right? But you have to eat what you can eat, right, in a couple of months here. And so we've been very clear that we're starting with Doug Mastriano here in Pennsylvania. He's running for governor. Doug was not only at the January 6th insurrection, he bussed a bunch of people to the insurrection. He has said that um, my body, my choice is ridiculous nonsense. He has made it clear not only does he not support gay marriage, but he would try to use his power as governor to expand conversion abuse um, in a moment where Pennsylvania is going in the other direction. He does not support gay adoptions, not support gay marriage. The list goes on and on and on. And so when we were looking at statewide candidates who could have a lot of power immediately to impact our community, it was clear that, you know, what was happening here in Pennsylvania is the top of the list. Pennsylvania is often at the center of the political universe. um, And Doug um, just today, it was announced that he wants to appoint as Secretary of State a QAnon, you know, you know, insane person to oversee our elections. And so on so many fronts, Doug Mastriano is a really bad guy. And so we want to start here. And then I mentioned some of the other races, Ken Calvert out in, in California, his district now would include Palm Springs. And so it would be great if we didn't have a homophobe representing Palm Springs. Um, that would be ideal. Yeah. <laughs> and then also... <laughs> In Ohio's first district and in Maryland's first district, you have uh, Republican candidates who are running in those districts as well. And so we're settled on Doug Mastriano, and I've mentioned some of the other targets that we're looking at. But this is just the beginning of a larger and longer-term effort to find bigots wherever they are and to make sure they're never in a position of power and authority. Because let me just make this point. There's this idea from Doug and others that they are embracing freedom, right, that it's all about freedom and America and freedom. But you know what? There's an incredible quote. Your freedom to swing your fist stops at my nose. People are free to believe whatever they want. What they're not free to do is to use their positions of authority to make life harder for people when we should be using our our powers, elected officials, to make life easier. And so we've never been afraid of a fight. Many of us who know what it means to grow up as poor little gay kids, wherever you are in your your community, you know what it means to take on a fight. It started at school with bullies on the playground, and it's extending right now when we take on these people in some of the toughest races all across the country. And, you know, we are seeing data around more female-identifying folks registering to vote early, but I do wonder, do you feel people of color, specifically black folks, are just as motivated? 
I think I think they are. And I think a part of what really helped is, you know, I want to give the president a lot of credit for what he did around student loan relief. I just saw some polling maybe yesterday from Navigate um, that said that 89 percent of African-Americans supported that plan to forgive $10,000 and also even more relief for folks who receive Pell Grants. And you see young voters being incredibly excited by that plan as well. And so that, on top of the Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to do so much with climate, going to do so much with lowering drug prices, these are tangible things that I feel like, you know, we can, A, talk about these these bad guys, and that's the job of Agenda Pack, to talk about these bad guys. Um, but you have candidates who are running who have a lot of good stuff that they can talk about um, and a lot of things that we can build on um, in the next two years or four years, depending on the length of the term. So I have to ask, and I know everyone is wondering, um, would you run for U.S. Senate again or anything else? I mean, the work that you're doing is so impactful, you know? Absolutely. You know, when I when I ran, you know, became the first openly LGBTQ person of color to run for Senate anywhere in American history. And, you know, my hope is um, not only certainly to run again for for something, but here in Pennsylvania, it's a little different than maybe many states. I was also able to run for my state house seat at the same time. And so I was reelected to my state house seat, didn't have an opponent there. And so I'll be continuing my work in Harrisburg. But it would be great to do it with a governor who believes that all Pennsylvanians should be treated equally, no matter who they are, who they love, how they worship or choose not to, how they identify and exist in the world. Um, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I'm not spending the next four years fighting against um, a bigot, a homophobe, and a racist like Doug Mastriano, and that instead we have somebody like Josh Shapiro, who's been an incredible champion for our community. But Agenda Pack's going to be in a position to throw that shade, to say shit that maybe campaigns cannot say, um, and to be a little bit more aggressive. Yep. Well, well, we're here for it. We really appreciate you for being here and for all the work that you're doing. That was Pennsylvania State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta. Check out the Agenda Pack. Thank you so much. Yeah, agendapac.org. Thank you again. All right. Now, coming up, we're actually going to continue this conversation. Will Chuck Schumer put same-sex marriage protections on the floor this month? Find out more as we continue to discuss. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So as Democrats return for the pre-midterm sprint after a successful summer, one of the big party's biggest goals is to not mess up the positive shift in political momentum. So... There's a couple things that Congress needs to handle um, and a couple other must-pass issues. And Democrats may not do much else besides confirm judges. So we're wondering, where is everything going to land with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer? Because he says he's committed to a vote at some point on the marriage equality bill. But so much is happening right now. So what should Democrats be worried about to make sure we stay in this positive moment? Joining us is Channel uh, Channel Q's political analyst, Ryan Basham. Thank you so much for joining the show thanks for having me so ryan this is so interesting i you know there is all these conversations around kind of same-sex marriage can you i guess break down before we get into the conversation what's happening around kind of same-sex marriage in this vote and and why it's important for right now in this midterm election well, you know, the as you said, the, the Congress is up, up to a lot right now. Um, the Democrats had a really productive uh, string of legislative wins before they went on uh, break for most of August. And, um, and so now they're in this position where they still have a slim majority in the House and a break-even tiebreaker in the Senate. And so, you know, that's true between now and January. 
And so they're thinking about what, do we, what can we do, uh, what's doable, and what do we want to try and get done before then. But they're also thinking about there's so much stuff that they need to do anyway. They have a packed agenda between now and January. And the things they choose to deal with before the elections in November have an impact on the elections. And so, um, you know, they think that they may have enough Republican votes in the Senate because you need 60, not 50. Um, but only three, I think, senators have said that they would vote for it. And another one is like, we'll see uh, Republican senators. So they haven't gotten to the, the 10 Republicans they need yet. So part of it is they have to choose. Do we put it up for a vote in the Senate, even though it might not pass? Or do we wait until we have the 10 senators we need so it will pass? Um, and to put it up before you know it's going to pass would kind of be there to, you know, punish the people who vote against it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But also... I don't want to I can't get inside his mind, but I think, you know, he's the majority leader. He controls what the Senate votes on. I bet one of the things he's considering is, do we want to hand vulnerable Republicans who are up for reelection of, you know, something they can that is a win for them in terms of showing that they're more moderate before the election? Or do we want them to have to suffer the consequences of their overall party's actions around gay marriage and other things? Um, and then deal with this after the election. So it's a little bit inside baseball, but there's a lot of calculations. And then at the end of the day, it just comes down to, um, you know, getting it done before they potentially lose control of either House or Congress. Yeah, there's so many things happening at once and at stake. It is like uh, playing chess or... Uh, which which yeah, game? 3D chess, blind and backwards. Right. Exactly. Well, it's interesting with that, like Senator Ron Johnson had said in July that he saw no reason to oppose the bill, but is actually now uh, pushing for a religious freedom amendment before declaring support. He's up for reelection. So it seems like the people they thought would be, you know, in this to win it, right, might change last minute. Oh, absolutely. And I think I think Ron Johnson saying in July that he would back it was kind of a political calculation because he knows he's in a tough reelection fight in a state that's pretty much 50-50 split between red and blue. Um, So, you know, part of his calculation is how do I not, you know, anger enough of my Republican base by voting for this? So that's where the religious exemption comes in. But how do I do this to show that I'm... Um, you know, moderate enough for independents and some Democrats. Well, so that's what he's thinking. I guess I'm worried about if we don't haven't learned anything about like not codifying these protections in the ways that we probably should have codified Roe v. Wade pr- uh, protections. It's like, is it going to backfire for Democrats? Like that feels way worse than trying to make sure a few Republicans are like, okay. Well, here's the thing. Um, you, the three of us, and most of our listeners are probably aware of this, but the reality is between now and November 7th, I think it's the 7th, um, uh, very few people outside of people who pay a lot of attention to politics, and we're like 1% of Americans, very few people will even hear that this went past Congress if it did. So the political advantage to passing it before the election is probably pretty small because the vast majority of people who care about this issue won't have heard about it happening in time or they won't fully understand what it means in time. So it will happen, um, but they may wait because only those of us who are really passionate know it's a thing. Everybody else who's on our side really doesn't know. All right, Ryan Basham, thank you so much for joining us. Always, Ryan Basham is uh, Channel Q's political analyst, and we can't wait to have you back soon. Thanks. Well, after this, could inflation be impacting your romantic relationships? We'll tell you how after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
If gifting is your love language, you may have a hard time with inflation because, you know, gift giving is more expensive than ever before. Yeah. So what do you do when your love language is, uh, you know, not good right now? It doesn't help for your life or the economy. Do you uh, switch your gift, your love language or are there gifts that you'd be okay with receiving, Ryan, that don't cost a lot? Ah, I mean, I'm fine with August because to be honest, every time someone like it's around the holidays or birthdays, like everyone asks, like, what do you want? What do you want? I'm like, I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. I'm more of the type that's like, just get, just Venmo me some money. You know what I mean? Like I can, <laughs> I'll figure out how to use it when a bill is due or something. So I don't really care. Like I'm not that big on gifts or like if it was something that wasn't that expensive, like what are we thinking? Like socks, bath wash. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, my mom used to get me that for Christmas. Like, Bath wash? She used to get me... Was that a sign? Was she hinting at something? No. She used to... I mean, she at some point felt like when, as an, I, once I reached like adult age that I didn't want like gifts anymore. And she like literally would only give me like socks and like body wash practical stuff hate that i would be like mom what is this and i would look at online and i would see everybody opening up thousands of presents and i'm opening up socks and body wash axe particularly because she thinks that's what the boys wear oh no sexy smell axe is for prepubescent boys frat boys like i'm not doing that what about dates like what would you consider something romantic that doesn't cost a lot? Well, actually, I have a I have a question for you. Would you feel weird mm. if someone took you on a date and they paid with a gift card? No, because I'd be like, "Good for you." Yes, like period, right? Yeah, you why took too not? long to answer that, but yeah, I, I was thinking immediate. for a moment. Why? Why? Wh- no, 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 because I was just like imagining. I had to like replay it in my head for a second, but you know, it's just a gift card. Why not? You should be exactly. happy that I'm spending my gift card on you. Totally. You don't know where it came from. It could have been a, for a, a birthday. Yeah, so that's your birthday gift on that person from work. What about coupons? Coupons? It's a coupon. Coupons. <laughs> it's like how I say Tuesday. No, coupons. It's a coupon. It's a coupon. All right. So uh, I, I think anything, if you can pay for it and figure it out, I'm all good. Like, what about points? Like, my boyfriend's so into points. Really? I'm I'm all about it. Like, what's of Let's point? accumulate those points. What, like, airline points are different than, like, you know, we do it for McDonald's anything. points. Like, my... Well, like my birthday, we paid we paid for my birthday trip using points. Oh, like on cards. Yeah, yeah, uh, that yeah, makes sense. the credit card. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So here's the thing: is like I've definitely been in relationships where the economy sucked. Uh, they were having a hard time with their job and everything. Yeah. And I remember telling the person because there was a lot of pressure of like, "What do I do? I can't take you out." You know, it impacts the relationship because, like, relationship, I do feel progresses like based on momentum. That's when you get creative, though. You get creative. I said, you don't need to take me out for dinner. Like, even if we just go to the park, yeah, and like do a picnic, get some lunchables. The adult lunchables, of course, not the actual lunchables. What's the adult lunchable? Oh my god, the ones that are basically charcuterie boards. Oh, so it still costs money, but you listen. There's ways no, to go Ralph's to places. And exactly, have those little small ones, and they cost literally. And the same I'm a as vegetarian, a so it doesn't require a lot. Yeah, you can get one with olives, some legumes. You know, I don't even know what that is. It's a vegetable. Sound like something like uh, Shrek <laughs> was living in. 
So listen, we can get creative. I think let's not put a lot of pressure on ourselves and our loved ones. And sometimes like, you know, use each other for gifts and that doesn't cost anything. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, we're back. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. But right now, we are letting you in on Ways to Win Diana Ross tickets. Yeah, Channel Q wants to send you and a guest to Vegas to see the supreme diva herself, Diana Ross. The iconic Miss Ross returns for a limited engagement at Win Las Vegas, September 21st to October 1st. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com and enter for your chance to win an airfare for two two-night hotel stay at Win Las Vegas, plus up and front seats at the Encore Theater. All you got to do is head over to WeAreChannelQ.com and enter for your chance to win or get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. You do not want to lose out on this chance. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great show. It's pretty iconic. Uh, now, coming up in 30 minutes on the show, uh, you know, mental health exists on a spectrum. So there's different types of mental health, suicidal thoughts that you could have. And so we're going to tell you more about each type, how to know uh, what type might be impacting you or someone that you love in 30 minutes. 
because mental health is top of mind. It is Suicide Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a Nickelodeon star, Jeanette McCurdy, has been talking a lot about her new book. Well, she appeared on Red Table Talk and revealed something really crazy. That's in the cheer report in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Senator Ted Cruz said he will be voting against the Respect for Marriage Act, saying that he and his allies are working to make sure Republicans vote against the bill and saying we are having vigorous arguments in the conference about it. He added that they are also pushing for an amendment to the bill that would be a strong protection of religious liberty. Yeah, he said this on his podcast, and we wanted to try to pull it, but apparently it's under, it's a subscription-based, and like, who wants to subscribe to that? You pay for that? Yeah, like, people are giving him money. Mm -hmm. That does also feel like a conflict of interest, don't you think? Seems like, uh, like he has his own you know, his brand. It's like, it's like that, I mean, it goes to probably Patreon. Him continuing, it's kind of like that media broadcaster polit- politician brand vibe. I don't know. Does it work the same way? It feels weird. It seems like the way uh, some politicians, like personality politicians, are doing it. I um, we only see it with Republicans. Though. Yeah, I'm like, because are you classifying it under, uh, like, like donations? He's taking a page from Donald Trump. That's weird. You know. That is very weird. Um, well, moving on to what's happening in Texas, federal judge Reed O'Connor has ruled that a provision of the Affordable Care Act that mandates free coverage of certain drugs that prevent HIV infections violate the religious beliefs of a Christian-owned company. The ruling came in response to a lawsuit filed by Jonathan Mitchell, a former Texas solicitor general and a conservative activist on behalf of Braidwood Management, Inc. The lawsuit challenged a provision of the ACA that required free coverage of HIV drugs, they're commonly known as PrEP drugs, that hundreds of thousands of people in America take. And O'Connor sided with the company. This is wild. They're saying it's religious freedoms to take care of people that are dealing with a virus. Wow. No, I mean that's what I that's why I felt like it was so important to ask Representative Malcolm Kenyatta who does so much work in this in this space and to know that this is now like what what religious um like how is this impacting your religious freedoms? How is this helping res- someone giving your someone religious like, beliefs? Yeah, making sure that I thought that helped. was what it was all about to be a Christian, you know, yeah, helping the, helping folks. But I guess not. Mhm. Moving on to China, who's become the first country to greenlight an inhaled COVID-19 vaccine. And that's paving the way for potential use of the needle-free product in the country. The vaccine maker CanSino Biologics said in a statement that China's medicines regulator had approved the inhaled dose for emergency use as a booster vaccine. The product known as Convidesha Air delivers vaccine dose through a puff of air from a nebulizer that is then inhaled by mouth. So who knows, maybe we'll be seeing that. At a certain point. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Jeanette McCurdy has uh, most definitely talking about her memoir. And uh, we talked about it here. It's uh, her her book um, that is, you know, detailing her life. And it's titled, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Well, she went on the Red Table Talk to, to literally to read this disturbing email from her abusive late mom. And you, honestly, it's kind of wild because if you haven't read the book or you've only seen snippets, you it's different hearing her mm. read it. And here is what she said. Dear Ned, I am so disappointed in you. You used to be my perfect little angel, but now you are nothing more than a little, all caps, a floozy, all used up. And to think, you wasted it on that hideous ogre of a man. 
I saw the pictures on a website called TMZ. I saw you rubbing his disgusting hairy stomach. I knew you were lying about Colton. I had told her I was with a friend, Colton. Add that to the list of things you are. Liar, conniving, evil. You look pudgier too. It's clear you're eating your guilt. Thinking of you with his ding-dong inside of you makes me sick. Sick. I raised you better than this. What happened to my good little girl? Where did she go? And who is this monster that has replaced her? You're an ugly monster now. I told your brothers about you and they all said they disown you just like I do. We want nothing to do with you. Love, mom. Or should I say Deb since I am no longer your mother. P.S. Send money for a new fridge. Ours broke. <gasps> Literally. I just got chills from Literally. that. That is gross and, and clearly abusive. It's the P.S. Wow. Send money for a new refrigerator. I, I cannot so you're gonna, believe it. You're going to say all of this awful things to me, but you still want my money, though. Gross. You still want my money. Oh, my God. So this is just honestly... It's um, it's I mean, it's making me want to read this New York Times bestseller because, honey, she is putting it all out there. Yeah. And her um, her episode premiered today, so if you want to go watch that, uh, hear her talk more about um, this book and her experiences, do it because clearly she has a lot to offer. And that is your tea report. Mm. All right. Well, after this, Maura Healy could make history as the first out lesbian governor, and it's likely that she'll flip the state to more on. The, the run for Massachusetts governor, we have the Victory Fund joining us for that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we love to highlight LGBTQ political candidates, and this one is definitely making news. Maura Healy could make history in her run for Massachusetts governor. You know, Miss Healy and another Democrat running for governor of Oregon could become the first two open lesbian governors in the country if they win in the fall. And back with us is Anise Parker, Victory Fund and Victory Institute president and CEO. Thank you so much for being here. It's such an honor to have you. Glad to be on with you and love talking about these uh, two really important governor's races. I know. I mean, this is so amazing to hear about. So let's get to know some of these candidates. Tell us more about Maura Healy, because, you know, she has been around and doing amazing work for a while. Mara is the current attorney general of Massachusetts. She has been a leader uh, in in her state. She has been a leader in the uh, amongst attorneys general nationwide uh, on the opioid crisis, on climate change, on a whole range of issues that are important locally in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, she's also a really interesting person, a former professional uh, basketball player. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, WNBA NBA and wow. internationally. And uh, so she has those, the competitive fire and uh, she's just a brilliant lawyer. She mowed down her opposition. Uh, she had a, well, actually she pretty much won the primary earlier. Her uh, opponent uh, dropped out. And uh, her name was still on the ballot, but she dropped out months ago in deference to Mara. And uh, so Mara won in a landslide at 85% of the vote last night. She still has to get through a November general election, but um, Massachusetts is a very blue state. And uh, Massachusetts Republicans, for, for some unknown reason, uh, selected a Trump Republican. Mm. Yeah, you, you know, this seems like such a, a beautiful time for 
uh, her and uh, Tina to also be running at this moment just because it does feel like there's so many and data showing that more female identifying folks are registering to vote early as a response to Roe v. Wade. So could you talk a little bit about the importance of, of, of this moment specifically and the possibly the success that we're already seeing being added to her barrier breaking career? Well, first, it's important to elect women governors. There's only, there are only nine women currently serving as governors across America, and Tina Kotek, running in Oregon, is running to replace Kate Brown, who was the first LGBT governor in the United States. Uh, uh, Kate Brown identifies as bisexual. Kate Brown was followed by Jared Polis. We love Jared Polis in Colorado. Mm-hmm. We're, we're excited that he's on the ballot this year, but women... Uh, are still making history when they achieve these positions. And um, Massachusetts has never elected a uh, woman as governor. So that's important. And as we've seen the post the Supreme Court decision in Dobbs, women are increasingly tuned in to races all across the country. They want to make their voices heard. And when you have outstanding women candidates like Mara, like Tina, uh, they um, have a place to, to put their hopes and their energy and make history in multiple ways. And when yeah. the, uh, like as happened in Massachusetts, when the, the Massachusetts Republicans pick someone who is absolutely 180 degrees from Mara's positions and is firmly in the, uh, the Trump party, then it makes the, the choice even more stark. Tina has a little bit different path in that she is in a three-way race with a Republican and an independent, and they are all women, uh, all three of them. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens out there. I mean, this is great to hear. It seems like there's some optimism for Mara. You know, what's the biggest obstacle or challenge right now between these candidates running and then actually getting elected? Is it that, you know, they are running, you know, if they are running in uh, primarily, you know, more right leaning uh, states or is it funding? Is it the press? What are you seeing? Okay, so can we say all of the above? The most most important thing, though, is uh, big city mayors, governors, the president, when you're in a top-level executive position, you get more scrutiny. And women are judged more harshly and, uh, and have hurdles put before them when they, when they run for these positions. So it's not – women don't start on a level playing field when they seek these uh, singular executive positions. But uh, you'd be hard-pressed, again, with, with Mara's race, having already been elected uh, statewide a couple of times in Massachusetts as attorney general, her high profile, very strong track record uh, of, of, of work as attorney general, as the state's top lawyer, um, and, and a really good uh, fundraising position, again, kind of dominating the, the Democratic primary. She is perfectly poised to move ahead. Now, um, Tina Kotek is no slouch. Tina has been the Speaker of the Oregon House for a number of terms. And I have to tell you, that's like herding cats. Anytime you're the, the Speaker of a legislative body and the fact that uh, been able to work with uh, both sides of the aisle and 
um, that has now propelled her to this statewide race. She had a pretty dominating performance in her primary, too. But um, as I said, a, a tougher race to win with a more crowded field in November. But it's all of the above. These, these mm-hmm. candidates uh, and, and women in general, one of the things that we've discovered at Victory, we only work with LGBT candidates. Our women candidates win at a 10% higher rate than our male candidates. No way. Up and down the ballot. Okay. But fewer women run. You know, uh, probably a third of candidates, uh, of our candidates are, are women. And we need more women to run because when we run, we win. Well, we love to hear that. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll be following this. And, of course, to find LGBTQ candidates running in your area, go to victoryinstitute.org, check out what they're doing, support what they're doing. Uh, That was Victory Institute President and CEO Anise Parker. Thank you so much again. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to continue our conversation for Suicide Prevention Week, and we're talking about the different types of suicidal thoughts and what you need to know about them up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. As a part of our continued conversations we've been having this week for Suicide Prevention Week and Month, many people aren't aware that having suicidal thoughts actually exists on a spectrum. Joining us to break down the different types is Keegan Miller, Public Training Manager at The Trevor Project. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi there. So good to be with you. No, I, I. it's so important. This topic is so important. And it's so interesting because I think when people talk or just think of suicide, they naturally just believe someone is in immediate crisis. But in this moment, we're you're saying that we should possibly look at it differently. Like, not all of these thoughts should exist in immediate crisis. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So oftentimes we're thinking about suicidality as someone saying, I want to kill myself right this minute, right? Like I'm about to go do X, Y, Z thing to do that. And that is obviously important to get that person help and, 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 and to address that. But it's also important to look at folks who are on the spectrum of that. So people who are thinking like, if I don't wake up tomorrow, that would be okay. Or if this thing happens that I'm dreading, um, then I'm going to kill myself, right? There's a lot of different ways of thinking about suicide. And I think more people have those thoughts than we want to actually recognize. And so if we start to say, okay, all of these are suicidal ideation, then more people are like, wait, that's me. Which is, again, why we don't want to talk about it, right? And um, But all of those people need help. And the help varies person by person. Um, obviously, if someone's in immediate crisis, we want to make sure that they stay safe in that moment. But if someone is just passively thinking, you know, if I don't wake up tomorrow, that's okay. Well, they need help as well. And we're not addressing that help in this country in the ways that we really should be. Mm, one is, seems to be reactive and one that's more systemic almost. Um, and just kind of, unfortunately, uh, part of being human and, and embedded in how we behave and how we think, most people um, so that kind of goes back to passive and actual, active suicidal thoughts. How do we know where we stand and how do we get help around that? So, you know, the, the thing is, is that most people who are having those thoughts, there's, there's an underlying cause, right? There's something about their life that is causing them to think that. And for some people like LGBTQ folks, it might be, you know, facing discrimination every day. Um, for other people, it might be, you know, their, their job or something is, is causing that. 
And seeking some sort of mental health help is definitely a, a good way of doing that. But even having a conversation with a friend and being frank about how they're feeling can make a big difference. Um, you know, when we look at our LGBTQ young people in particular, having an adult that they can talk to um, about how they're feeling reduces suicidality um, incredibly. So um, just those little things can make a huge difference. But obviously, we also want to look at how do we get people sustainable mental health care um, across time. Yeah, because I'm even thinking about when people are having these moments or thoughts, it does feel like it's an isolating experience. Like, if they're not willing to even speak about it, how are they able to find someone to help? There's that disconnection right there. And I guess, how do how do you all navigate that at the Trevor Project? I think it's about getting more people to talk about it, right? So if we we as a society just need to be willing to talk about it, saying the word suicide, saying that people are thinking about killing themselves is so taboo in our culture and our society. And if we can get past that and have more people say, no, I want you to tell me those things. I want you to tell me if you're feeling this way. Um, I want you to tell me those thoughts and, and being willing to name it. And sometimes that means literally practicing um, saying the words, right? Like saying the word suicide, asking people if they want to, if they're thinking about killing themselves and practicing how to say that. Um, all of those things just say to, to other people who are experiencing that moment of like, oh, that person's open and willing to hear about it. And then for those of us who have experience um, of suicidal ideation, um, whether past or present, um, I think talking about it and being willing to and open about talking about our experiences can also make that difference, too. Um, and so I encourage people who are in a safe place to have that conversation to do so as well. What makes someone lower high risk? Really, it, it, there's a lot of factors. Mm. So, you know, if, if someone has a plan right now to kill themselves and they have access to that, the means of, of which to do so, and, you know, they're in, in a high crisis mode, right? Like, obviously, that person is a, at a high risk. Mm-hmm. Um, if a person is just passively thinking about it, if they don't have access to means, even if they do have a plan, um, that, that lowers the risk a little bit, right? And then if someone's just having passive thoughts, and obviously, again, that's that's a low risk. But it doesn't matter where on that spectrum someone falls. I still want people to, to seek and, and get the help that they need. And I guess um, because the Trevor Project has such, does such incredible work, can you tell us a little bit about the, the lifeline and uh, the three-digit number that it, anyone can dial to use? Absolutely. So the Trevor Project has uh, Trevor chat, text, and lifeline. People can call us. They can text us. They can um, chat with us online. Uh, if you go to our website, you can find all of those that information and, and hit the little chat button right there. You'll get connected in with a, a crisis counselor on the other end who's really there to listen and to talk to you and help you find the resources that you need. Um, and we're there 24-7, seven, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, we mostly serve LGBTQ young people, but anyone who needs help is welcome to, to reach out. But even cooler than that is the 988 recently came out, uh, and that is uh, connects people to the National Suicide Lifeline. So no matter who you are, no matter where you are in the U.S., if you dial 988, um, you will be uh, connected with, with trained uh, counselors there to help you as well. Keegan Miller, the public training manager at the Trevor Project, thank you so much for being on the show and talking to us about such an incredible topic that we need to continue to talk about. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. 
Well, after this, we're uh, shifting gears here. There's a strange and slightly disturbing ingredient that could change your skincare routine. More after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. There's a new skincare trend that has hit social media and the web, and it has a very interesting ingredient. And I also know, I don't know if this is a trend or is this just something that has been a part of a culture forever and, you know. And now it's getting more mainstream. Yeah, it just becomes. Taking over. Colonized. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's it's called the... uh, Kahi, K-A-H-I, wrinkle-free multi-bomb. It's a K-beauty product featured in Doja Cat's music video. And one of its ingredients is getting a lot of attention, and that is uh, salmon testicle DNA. (laughs) Which is wild, because, you know, I think we live in a city where everyone is so obsessed with looking young through the shots, the procedures, blah, 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 the biotin, all this stuff. And I couldn't, first of all, I was shocked that salmon has testicles. I didn't, I don't know the, the anatomy you know. of a salmon, because uh, that doesn't look like the things that I eat. Well, you're eating it. It's the inside of it. They, the, hopefully the skin's You wouldn't off. even know, maybe. Yeah, but I, I was more so now interested in finding out more about the anatomy of this. And then how is that turning into, a, like, as a lotion or a serum or... Do they like you know put it in a blender? Yeah, that's what I'm like. Like, blend how do we get the? the and are we envisioning testicles in the way that we would envision it on a human? Like, it's not. It can't be the same thing. They're probably shaped differently. Let's Google it. Um, according <laughs> to their, I don't want that in my search history. <laughs> according to USA Today, uh, they said coating yourself with fish general DNA may sound questionable. Yes, but big beauty question. experts, along with an abundance of research, suggest or support its regenerative, anti-inflammatory effects. One study found that salmon sperm was associated with increased skin elasticity and stronger collagen levels, both of which are crucial for anti-aging skin. This reminds me of when I remember like a few years ago when the vampire uh, facials were a thing. Yeah. I remember well, you did that. that's your own thing. I have not You did that. that. No. You didn't do that? You didn't have the no, blood all over your so face? There's, there's, um, so that's where they pick your like I think they take all they take your blood and yeah they, they take they all your put blood it all which I feel like as long face. as it's from you then there's stem cell ones where they uh, take stem cells and put it on your face which is actually really good but then you're kind of like using like stem cells which means who stem cells exactly no like actually we don't know it's like 
yeah, they get it from something somewhere, which means it could be like a, a baby stem cells, like someone else's that sold their stem cells. Which you know wow. the, what the religious right would say about that. I mean, probably not. I, I think uh, they're not. E- yeah, I feel like they're not even worried about skincare. We we see everyone and how bad their everyone's skin looks on that side. Oh, cute sandwich, salmon gen. Oh, are you ill? Not. <laughs> Can you please? It's Did you just all cute these things? Sam and J- uh, yeah, I was looking them up. Okay, all right. At any rate, um, yes, this is the latest fad, and we'll see if it's here to stay. Will you try it? Hit us up on social media at LGT Show. More after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. And stick around for more music here on Channel Q. And we've got a giveaway. We sure do. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Channel Q wants to send you on a guest to Vegas to see the supreme diva herself, Diana Ross. The iconic Miss Ross returns for a limited engagement at Win Las Vegas, September 21st to October 1st. Head over to wearechannelq.com and enter for your chance to win. Airfare for two, a two-night hotel stay at Win Las Vegas. Plus, you get some front row seats. Oh. I mean, pretty iconic. Just head over to wearechannelq.com and enter for your chance to win or you can get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Love get it. Get you some love hangover. Yes. yes. My favorite. <laughs> okay, well, coming up in 15, rents are starting to come down. But will this trend stay? Stick around for that convo, what you need to know. Plus, Zach Efron is debunking plastic surgery rumors in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour headlines, though, right now. LGBTQ plus and health groups filed a federal lawsuit seeking to block Florida's new rule excluding gender affirming care from Medicaid coverage. The Florida rule went into effect August 21st, denying Medicaid coverage for hormone treatment, puberty blockers, surgery and other procedures to treat gender dysphoria, even though these procedures are covered for treating other conditions. Uh, Lambda Legal, among other nonprofits and uh, legal organizations, filed the suit on behalf of four plaintiffs in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Florida against the Florida Agency for Healthcare Administration and its secretary, Simone Marstiller. Moving on to an LGBTQ plus friendly church in Boston who proudly flew a trans flag until last week when it was burned in the middle of the night. The United Parish of Brookline posted about the incident on Facebook alongside an image of the burned trans flag. And the parish wrote uh, that each Sunday it affirms that all people are made in the image of God and embrace and cherish every person and every kind of family. A representative for the parish told NBC Boston that the flag would be replaced with one that's bigger and harder to reach. And here is the associate pastor. We don't just welcome people of all, you know, races, genders, ages, that we are a congregation of all races, genders, and ages. And so it's just as important to our congregation, for the folks in the congregation, as well as the folks outside, to know that this is something that, um, again, that we can't be intimidated away from that kind of sharing, that kind of welcome. Well, that's a good church. That's good to see that from a church. Now, California ISO officials announced that another flex alert has been extended today from 4 to 9 p.m. And it is set to be another hot triple-digit day across the state. Uh. 
Yeah, did you get an alert? Oh, my God. That was weird and scary. So many. Yeah. The National Weather Service Los Angeles forecast noted that excessively hot conditions will continue through Friday over most of Southwest California. And my thing is, you know, I get very conflicted when they talk about, oh, you need to have it down at a certain, like your air condition needs to be off so like the, the city doesn't experience like a black, you know, a blackout or some sorts. And they, I mean, the news talks about it. The local news has been talking about it. Like, you're supposed yeah, to, Yeah, the like, energy gets maxed, like... Yeah. And so, yeah. for me, I'm like, but I don't want my house to be hot. So, this is the and thing. And I got a dog there. Totally. I don't want her to be hot. So, there's a new program that Edison is doing where, actually, you could connect your system um, and connect them to your system where, if the system is maxed, then they actually can control the temperature in your place. I mean, I do And then one. you get money back. Oh. But... I so, do have one of those nest this. things, though. That yeah, well, that's where you it. could do it. But this is well, actually like it goes echo by itself. But this is actually like you're connected to uh, your local um, energy source or something that they control. So then you're part the grid. And my boyfriend did this, and he thought, "Oh, great! I'll get money back. I'm part of the solution." Well, guess what? Over the weekend, mm-hmm. it was like a oh, hundred. Oh my god! I bet it was unbearable. And so his uh, his housemate was like. It's 98 degrees in here. And he's like, what? And because Edison, you know, they're like, okay, we control it. We're not going to let you air condition the place because our grid is maxed. And so he had to leave the program. Oh, yeah, and that's like an issue. So it's going to be interesting I what happens. I thought you were going to recommend this the way that you were talking. I know. Talking, I know. Yeah. We're all about it. We're like, we're going to be proud of the solution. But then it's like, now you're, you're, um, you died. your temperature is stuck at 98. Someone could have died. You know. All right. Anyway. Well, uh, T Report will come up next hour. Just make oh sure. Oh my God, we got so into that Edison head, story. <laughs> just head over to weirdchannelq.com for Diana Ross tickets. <sighs> Win your way into that. That's your T Report. Amazing. For now. Next up, rent, rent prices are on the decline, but it may not last long. Should you be moving now? More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, it seems like rents are finally starting to come down. But. As you might imagine, the trend may not hold, maybe too good to be true. Joining us to share more is Chris Mayer, Milstein Professor of Real Estate at Columbia Business School. Thanks for being here. Really happy to join you. Okay, so what are we seeing in terms of numbers right now in the renting market? Is it really coming down that much? Well, it depends a lot on how you measure it. That's going to sound like sort of a geeky economist answer, but, um, you know, when when somebody looks at rent increases, you know, those of your listeners, um, what they're going to look at is, well, I signed a lease, you know, a year ago. Now I'm renewing it on October 1st. And what was I paying last year relative to this year? Measured against 12 months ago, rents are materially higher in most parts of the country than they were before. The good news, which if it's good news, is that relative to a month or two ago, rent increases have slowed a lot and in some places have actually turned very slightly negative. And so rents are at a minimum not growing as quickly as they were. And, you know, relative to a year ago, if you're signing a new lease, it's still, you know, you're going to be still facing in many places, you know, high single, low double digit rent increases versus 12 months ago. 
which was a really hot period of time yeah, in the economy. Well, I think a lot of people are also preparing themselves because there's the big R word that no one really wants to talk about or acknowledge, like recession. <laughs> and it feels uh, very, I guess it could put a lot of anxiety around making decisions around, should I move or should I stay put and save my money? And and, and a, I guess that would benefit me if we do hit a recession. What should people be thinking about with that word kind of looming over us? Look, I think there's good reason for people to be worried because the Fed has stated very clearly that they're going to keep raising interest rates and leave them high until the economy slows. So I think for people to be nervous about inflation, you know, about a recession, the R word, you know, they they should be worried about it. I think, you know, people should never, you know, I, I say get back. For some people, paying rent is all they can do, and it's a struggle. And, you know, they're living in the best place they can afford. And, you know, for people like that, you you know, for those of you, you know, listeners, you just do the best you can. You try and put a little bit aside and, you know, maybe don't extend quite as much as you absolutely have to. And I know that's easier said than done for many people. For other people, if you're kind of thinking about, you know, is this the moment to extend? Mm -hmm. You know, as you said, maybe this is the time to take the place that's a little less nice um, and, you know, maybe wait to upgrade a bit if the economy does slow, if we go into a recession, and it may be a year from now might be a better time to kind of find that really great apartment relative today and just hope your job, you know, position holds on. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you know cities that are better in terms of pricing right now and the cities that suck? Um, basically, if you want kind of a high level view, I would say kind of some of the Northeast and California markets, um, you know, Bay Area things, places where rents actually went down materially at the beginning of COVID are still seeing pretty significant rent increases. I would say generally in kind of the South and kind of markets that have been super hot. So places in Florida, some places in Texas, you know, those are going to be markets where I think they already saw a big part of the rent increase. And I think those are places that are starting to soften a little bit. And frankly, those are places where people are pretty worried that the economy has gotten, you know, particularly in real estate has gotten a little bit overheated. So there's a bit more concern in places like that. Yeah. I mean, it also reminds me of president Biden literally was just kind of bragging about the fact that the job market was really doing well and we're seeing the lowest numbers in employment and also inflation and gas prices are going down. But it it does seem like people are finding jobs, but it's not like the wages are matching an income that can help them sustain their livelihoods. And so I wonder when you're thinking about inflation at this moment in time, do you see it um, actually declining? Are people actually being able to find a balance uh, in their pocketbooks? Like what are like people worried about in that space right now? So I'll first say I'm not sure this is a great time for anyone to be taking a victory lap. Um, <laughs> you know, I have a lot of respect for the president and his advisors, a huge amount of respect. But I, I don't think this is victory lap, lap time with all that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would sort of say inflation is really, you know, still been month to month. We'll see what the latest print is this month. But it's hard to, you know, I, I think any one month's data is just going to be noisy. The reduction in gas prices has nothing to do with U.S. policy, you know, has everything to do with the global oil market and what's going on and, you know, exports around the world, because that's a market set globally. 
The thing that that people have to kind of keep an eye on, the policymakers are keeping an eye on, is the employment report. And actually, the employment report this month was weaker than the employment report last month. And the reason people are kind of celebrating a little bit a weaker employment report was because they're like, well, maybe the Fed won't increase rates as much. So it's kind of this weird thing where you're looking for this Goldilocks moment, our economists are, which is not too hot, not too cold. So, yes, we did see some wage increases You know, that's good. But wages, as you said, haven't been keeping up with inflation. But I also think that a lot of that is not really the fault of, you know, of U.S. policymakers, because I would just sort of ask the question, what would happen if Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine? What do we think inflation would have looked like? And I think it would have looked very different than it has looked, you know, the previous, you know, the, the, you know, the last year, you know, the whatever, the shorter period of time, you know, when Russia invaded Ukraine. So it's. You know, a lot of this is happening beyond the control of policymakers. I think in general, you know, we give politicians both too much credit for a good economy and too much blame for a bad economy Okay. um, in general. So just to wrap up, you might want to stay put depending on where you live and what your own kind of professional financial outlook is. Not make any moves while we figure out where this lands, right? I assume that's it. That's pretty much the recap. Yes. Okay. In a, in a nutshell, right. that's. I think that's right. This isn't the time to go extend. And if you have some people who are, you, did, you didn't ask, but on the buying side, you know, this is also a moment where there's some risk. You know, and going and extending to buy a home. Yeah. All right. That so. was that was Chris Mayer, Milstein Professor of Real Estate at Columbia Business School. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so we are back and let's talk about Jennifer Lawrence, who's actually um, been talking about how she said that she's really worked hard to forgive her dad for his differing political differences. And so basically she got candid with Vogue about the tensions among her family that sparked during the 2016 presidential election when Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton. And you know, she was actually one of the few that was like very vocal when like uh, President Trump lost and she like ran down the streets of New York when she found out and it was a whole thing. She explained that she has worked to mend her relationship with her dad and other members of her family in her hometown of Louisville, Kentucky oh. in the years since the controversial election. I did not know she was from Louisville. Yeah, we know it goes down Louisville. You, do you? I, I know mean, that because I've been well, there. Well, so my ex, uh, ex's family was from there. Oh, so okay, I've been so there. Yeah. But then also recently I bumped into some people and it's like, ooh, there's a lot of... Yeah, Yeah, so here's what she said. I I just worked so hard in the last five years to forgive my dad and my family and try to understand it's different. The information they are getting is different. Their life is different. I've tried to get over it, and I really can't. I can't. I'm sorry I'm just unleashing, but I can't F with people who aren't political anymore. You live in the United States of America. You have to be political. It's too dire. Politics are killing people. So what do we have to say about, you know, leaving your family behind, because of the political views. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know what? Honestly, I'm about it. And that's what, it reminds me of what happened with Sydney Sweeney and her family where she did that party. It was like a party for her mom and it was like a hoedown and her brother posted these photos of the party and, and her relatives had like Blue Lives Matter shirts and like uh, parody hats of uh, Make America Great Again. And she was, uh, she came out with a statement saying, I hate that this got so politically, like, um, got so political. Please don't take it there. It was just a party, blah, blah, blah. Happy birthday, mom. Like, I paraphrase. But I think Jennifer Lawrence right here is doing something different where she's like, 
I understand the intensity. I understand the, um, if you are complicit in just like not caring or not being involved, I understand the action, the actions of that. And she's actually being like, I can't do it. If you're not a part of, if you don't see the same thing clearly as me, then guess what? We don't need to be in the same space. And it sucks that it's family, but sometimes you got to do it. Yeah, and also I think, you know, we saw her, uh, you know, her speak out, even some of her movies, like uh, the last one she did, the Up movie, what's it called? Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up. I mean, it's literally her character plays this person that's like telling the world, like, it's all going down, we're all going to die, no one listening. So I feel like there's a bit- Even though she's speaking out about that movie, how she got paid like $5 million less than- uh, Leo. Well, I'm ha- exactly. Because she she has a like she's a woman. Oh, well, that. Sucks. Well, exactly. So she she puts her her mouth where her money where her mouth is. I mean, she she definitely talks the talk and walks the walk. It does take some time to get there, but it seems like she even took a break from acting. She did because um, she had a baby. That, but then she had also said because she had wanted to possibly pursue uh, politics oh. and act, um, a- activism. I so. think she should just pursue activism, not politics, or but activism. It's a new thing. All where, right, you know. that's enough of this conversation. I'm about to, I, because Shira and I don't have the same views on that, I'm about to just end it right now. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Well, we are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. This one goes to a group of angels. You know, literally, uh, the, this these folks that actually go to spaces where there are LGBTQ folks and protect them from anti-LGBTQ protesters. And they did it this with students at an event in Provo, Utah. Oh, wow. Yeah, over 100 anti-LGBTQ protesters attended back-to-school Pride Night. And it's an event that connects queer students from Bing- Brigham Young University, um, to locally supportive businesses, students, and community me- members. The event had performances by drag queens, including students, live music, etc., vendors, organizations. And yeah, there were these protesters that were just shouting out these horrible things. And so they came in and they literally, um, they have white sheets in the best way possible. <laughs> Not <laughs> and they Not look, the they, yeah, way. <laughs> they put their hands up and they look like huge angels. So if you were on one side of this, um, you know, field and space, you might not see the protesters because they're covered by these angels in front of you. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yes. And so uh, it's, it's a really cool thing. And uh, we just want to give a shout out to all those folks that came together to do this they're, they're called actually it's an an official group called the angel action wings Pro, uh, project and they wore similar outfits in 1999 to block members of the um, anti-queer westboro baptist baptist church from protesting the trial and funeral connected to matthew shepherd wow incredible work yeah seriously one big what yes queen and that does it for our show today but we are back tomorrow same time six to 10 p.m. Pacific, 9... Oh, my God, I'm losing track of numbers. Uh, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 9, there we go. 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Wow. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And, honey, remember to slay and have a wonderful rest of the day. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 